0: This time, this this time, 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 this
1: time, this time, this time, what's up everybody i am your host chris hampton and i'm nathan drolet and together we form nitrous oxide yeah what do you got to say about that laughing gas yes okay we are drinking here so the energy drink we're drinking and it's late night and we're outside at a picnic table In Cincinnati, and... Chris started a nice fire right next to us. Yeah, it's so sweet, romantic, and hopefully it keeps the fucking mosquitoes away. That's my main goal here. So, what are we talking about tonight? Um, Why don't you tell everybody? Oh.
0: Tonight's talk is inspired by Brett Jones's quote, that is, if you look at your training plan or let me restart that. If you look at your training journal from five years ago and you don't face palm, then you're doing something wrong. So, tonight we're talking about three things that we've changed our mind on in the last
1: five years. Five years. I would like to think that I could come up with three things I've changed my mind on in the last five weeks, but five years was pretty hard, actually. So, how about I'm going to let you lead it off. With I think, your... I think I let off last time. Okay, I'll lead off then. All right. Yeah, that was that was definitely one of my daughter's redneck neighbors. <laughs> okay. Uh, my number one. My number one thing I've changed my mind about. And by number one, I mean my number three. Because we're going to reverse order here. That I've changed my mind about in the last five years is jumping. Because... I might have mentioned this on the podcast before. I'm a fairly slow, static, sloth-like, molasses-like climber. Very. And I don't need your back talk. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, yeah, and it just it didn't make sense to me why jumping was anything more than a circus trick. I mean, I guess it did to some extent. And I recognized that there was some... That there was skill behind it, but I didn't really realize how it could apply to my climbing in general. Um, So I never really gave it the respect it deserved for quite a long time. And now I'm old and I'm fragile. What better time to start jumping? I know, what better time? So, And I really don't want to fall. So when I jump, I just stick shit. Like That's just what I do now. That's my I'm, plan, too. I'm like Chris Sharma up in here. But no, seriously, I think I think jumping is a really, really important, super valuable skill that I just didn't give credit to. And honestly, it might have been, you know, reading Will Anglin's blog about uh, that he had practiced jumping for quite some time and really learned how to jump better.
0: Oh, yeah. What is that? It was uh, a about purple is not a color I can't remember the name of the blog
1: or was that what it was might have been I don't yeah. remember the title I just remember the gist of it was that he had really dug deep into the practice of jumping and I thought well you know this guy's climbing way harder than I am and he's still learning to jump so maybe I can dig in a little bit too and see what I can learn and I've definitely learned quite a bit over the last few years and I think it's really helped my climbing not just helped my jumping But it's helped my dead pointing, it's helped my dynamic climbing in general. And while I think my dynamic climbing is still fairly poor, I think I'm a much better dynamic climber than I was three to four years ago when I really started paying attention to jumping as more than just a circus trick or timing thing. Nice.
0: Do you feel like it's helped affect other things such as like confidence or anything like that?
1: Definitely my confidence level. When I approach any sort of big move, I'm much better at, uh, let me illustrate it this way. I remember a time climbing with Chris Lindner and wild Iris on a route, uh, two kinds of justice it's a 12 B it's got a, it's a heinous 12 B I might add. Porter Gerard route, Porter Gerard heinous 12 B and, uh, it's got a pretty gigantic move, um, really close to the start. And I went for the move, but was unwilling to give it enough. So I ended up just having to reverse the move. And then I went for the move again, unwilling to give it enough, and reverse the move. And then I went for the move again, unwilling to give it enough, and reverse the move, and finally fell. And Chris Linder was like, shit, dude, I've never seen anybody try that hard. (laughs) And I'm like, well, the hard part was reversing the move, and I didn't have to do any of that, you know. So now I don't necessarily have that problem nearly as often. And when I do, I recognize that it's a problem pretty immediately, and I can work my way through it better because I've went through that process in the gym of really learning how to work my way through a jump, so... Definitely nice. affected confidence in that respect. Makes sense. I'm still not a dinoer. Like if I see a giant dino, I'm still like, meh, I can't do that. <laughs> so it hasn't it hasn't affected my confidence in that realm, but but yeah, more confident for sure. Nice. What's your number one? Alright. Or number my, three as the case may be.
0: My number one, and this is kinda of, I guess it was kind of to be expected, but it's The need for physical training.
1: Mm. Mm -hmm.
0: So I, for the longest time, stuck with movement training. I always thought that I could get better with technique. And for a long time, man, I got away with it. Like I was able to climb up to like V10 and 13D without really having to do any sort of physical training for the most part. Right. Uh, And I thought I could get away with it forever. And not only that, I... I definitely had this chip on my shoulder of, well, there are good climbers and there are strong climbers, and it's obvious which one I considered myself. Right. But, uh, yeah.
1: I think I had the same chip on my shoulder at some point.
0: I think it's easy to do, and, you know, one day I caught myself saying, I was like, oh, you know, if I was as strong as that guy, I'd be climbing so much harder, and then kind of the realization of like well why the fuck don't I get stronger yeah like why don't you well, just do it yeah why do I what's the point of even saying stuff like that because it's not going to do anything and then so as I started actually training and getting stronger one training can actually be a lot of fun uh, man two I've been so much healthier like I used to think that I don't know you get hurt training but you get hurt when you train poorly like if you get hurt training you're doing something wrong
1: Yeah, for sure. Especially, you know, your background in movement kind of led right into the strength training thing because to strength train correctly, you really need to pay attention to movement. So I think that's a big component of it.
0: Yes. Yeah. No, absolutely. Like that's, and that's actually, I think that's my next point. Maybe that's number three, but uh, we'll get to that. But yeah. So to me, that was huge. was Actually accepting that getting stronger was going to be a big deal. And it was tough because, I mean, my identity for a long time, man, and people still, like, give me a hard time because so they're just like, wow, you're really not strong. <laughs> it's like, you know, and for a long time I took that as a compliment. I was like, oh, thank you. That must mean I'm, like, doing really well. But, no, it's just like, why the fuck don't you get strong so you can actually apply some of that movement skill? Like, Yeah. I mean, yeah, your technique is just how well you can display your strength. But if you don't have any strength and like you have nothing to show for it. And so that's where I was like, I could pull off so many stupid shenanigans and tactics and like, I could just weasel my way up quite a few rock climbs, but yeah, it became really limiting. And now that I've started actually training, I've realized all these issues that I had at a very simple movement level that I, I was able to hide with technique. Yep. And now it's like, as I'm fixing them, I can climb such such a much broader range of climbs and it's so much more fun and I'm healthy. I can climb more. Yeah, it's just, that's one of those things I feel like an idiot for not realizing it earlier.
1: Yeah. Did you, was there a moment when you saw somebody strong who was also good? Or was it, or was it just your own idea that, damn it, I need to get strong?
0: I don't know. Um, I mean, I'm fortunate. I've climbed around a lot of really strong, really good climbers. But I'd say I have a buddy who I'm totally going to give him a hard time here. There is an old interview. I think it may have been in King Lines, with Chris Sharma where he was like, oh, yeah, you know, sometimes you run into people who they're strong enough to climb 515, but they only climb 512. Yeah. And I was just like, that's bullshit, Chris. Like, <laughs> No one is strong enough to climb 515. They climb 512. And then I met one of my good friends now. I was just like, dude, what are you doing? Like, just animal strong. And now he's like, he's becoming an incredible climber now. Um, and it's really cool to see. But it was it was one of those things. I was just like, man, how... Like, I didn't understand how someone could be so strong and not be able to convert that. And I, yeah, it, it was very easy for me to take a step back and be like, oh, if I had that strength. And then I was just like, well, wait, why don't why don't I get that strength because like yeah what's the point in me saying it otherwise like if it's if someone else could get it like it's achievable it's it's, i can do it too and so why should i just sit here and bitch but uh
1: get the whole package yeah put all the tools in your toolbox
0: Uh, exactly and so what's cool too is my buddy now he's been logging tons of outdoor mileage just he's one of i mean not even one of he's the most passionate climber i've ever met it's absolutely wild it's awesome and uh it shows man he's been killing it lately but uh yeah so that was uh, him and maybe a few other people but the it was just kind of one big change all at once but
1: uh
0: yeah so that was my number
1: one all right on to number two uh for me i definitely changed my mind and we talked a little about this in a previous episode um but I changed my mind about bouldering. And I don't just mean bouldering as part of training, um, like we talked about in the previous episode, but bouldering, period. Like, you, I just thought it wasn't fun. Are you actually having fun doing it now? I, f- I fucking love it. Weird. <laughs> By the way, Vedavu off with cracks are not bouldering, just so we're, we make this clear. Well, you do have a crash pad, and if you want one. and You are not far off the ground, so it's kind of bouldering. For anyone who wants to know, I took Chris (laughs) bouldering
0: this summer. We went to Rocky Mountain National Park and Mount Evans, and it was awesome.
1: It was great. Yeah. It was great. It
0: was super fun. The hikes were heinous, though. But uh, also,
1: flew in straight from Texas. Actually, Rocky Mountain National Park's hike was quite enjoyable. Yeah, after Lincoln Lake. Lincoln Lake's hike sucked. But uh, yeah, and so Chris was like, cool,
0: we'll go bouldering up in Wyoming tomorrow. Like, so straight from the park, we'll go up, and
1: it was (laughs) Vadevoo. (laughs) <laughs> you say that with such disdain. <laughs> Boulders. In all fairness, we were meeting my fiance there. so And Nate got to climb multi-pitch and off with boulder problems. Roof crack off with boulder problems in the same day. That's pretty badass, really. That was... Come on.
0: That was something. <laughs> so sorry, I completely derailed you.
1: You were saying... Bouldering's okay. awesome. Yeah, bouldering's really fun. In fact, that's what I'm going to do all fall and winter most likely. I'll I'll climb some sport routes, I'll climb some trad routes. I've got goals in both those realms, but but I'm really enjoying the bouldering process. And I that's another thing I didn't give credit to. Uh in my mind, and I, I distinctly remember saying this uh to my friend Alyssa that I just didn't understand the draw of bouldering. I liked boulder problems when they were at the tops of routes. Because I wanted that showdown. Like the total fatigue showdown at the top. That's what seemed to me like was the you know, the ultimate battle. But there's a different kind of battle when you're doing the hardest moves you can do right off the ground. And and it's probably a more challenging battle for me, hmm. you know, maybe because of my background in sport climbing and trad climbing and red river climbing. You know, I feel like I've harped on red river climbing a lot in this podcast recently, but, uh, but yeah, I think it, it's a, it's a whole different new, exciting challenge to really work on the tiny subtleties that make moves work or not work. And you know, just the, the placement of your hips an inch or two to one side makes such a huge difference when you're at your absolute limit, and that's exciting to me to, to start to learn that, and I just didn't give it that kind of credit before, so. Nice. Yeah, bouldering.
0: Right on. Any boulders in partic- particular you're psyched for this winter?
1: Golden Harvest. A good one. It's definitely my, my big fall-winter goal, um... I would love to climb V11. Um, I'm gonna search for one that really suits me. You know, baby soft, baby soft. I'm looking for <laughs> baby soft V11, and and we're gonna spend some time in Waco. So I would love to. I just want to climb a lot of boulders there. There's some there's some really amazing looking boulders in Waco. So, but Golden Harvest definitely top of the list.
0: Nice. Yeah, that's must-do for anyone who can.
1: Yeah, bouldering. I'm a boulder. Check that out. <laughs> All, All right. right. What's your number two?
0: My number two. Um, realizing how much my fear of falling comes into play with my sport climbing.
1: Interesting. Yeah. No, I, it's one of those things I kind of avoided for a long time. You mean someone can climb 514 and still be afraid of falling? You're terrified. Yeah.
0: Oh, man. Yeah, like... No shit. When people are like, oh yeah, you don't clip those last two bolts on the madness. I was like, watch me. Yes, I do. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I don't skip bolts. Like I don't, I mean, and I've like, I've done scary routes and I've done routes where there are consequences if you fall. But man, I can tell you, ah, without question, like falling still terrifies me to the point to where I know it affects my climbing. And it's something that, It yeah, there are two things that kind of made me realize it first was uh, we were in Wild Iris and I went to Jonathan Segrist's uh, climbing clinic at the whatever International Climbers Festival yep yeah and you know I was just picking his brain and I thought it'd just be kind of fun to do I'd never done anything like that before and one of the biggest things he said to me or my biggest takeaway from all that was he said, what was his exact wording? Always fall with upward momentum.
1: Okay. Yep. I always tell people to fall up.
0: Yeah. So unless you're working around, you know, if you're if you're going up and sussing something and figuring out the moves, but yep. anything after that, you always fall with upward momentum. Yep. And I was like, uh, you're not telling me anything I don't know here. <laughs> uh, that's scary, Chris. <laughs> like yeah no because i was climbing in wild iris and the wild iris wasn't bad because it's so hard that i mean you fall because a move is difficult you right. never really pump right. out like right. nothing's ever strange or insecure at least on any of the routes i got on it was just pure power moves yep. um and it's it's very easy for me to just fall because something's too hard but uh yeah then i went to rifle you know and things that are like slick as shit and everything's facing the wrong way and yep. it's just yeah so like climbing there trying to commit when everything feels wrong man it was it was hard and thankfully my climbing partner at the time was calling me out on it anytime uh, but yeah so that was one one time I really noticed it
1: I think I do think you have to sort of adjust your your scale of when it's okay to say or when it's okay to fall with upward momentum versus when it's okay to fall with you know doubt or or trying to figure things out. So I think if you're in a new area like rifle and you're still figuring out the style, there's no real shame in not falling with upward momentum as long as you're getting used to the style and then you can start to fall up.
0: Oh no! This was just shame. There's, <laughs> yeah, there, there was no uh, silver lining in this. Like, and that was just it. Like, it was made very clear to me very quickly how much it affected me. And so that was one big moment. And the other time was I, I was at what, a, what grades
1: are we talking that you were? All of them. <laughs>
0: <laughs> all of them. I don't know how hard was that multi pitch
1: we did the other day at Betaboo Uh, five, three or five four. It's horrified. <laughs> just oh man it was terrible just totally out of your element
0: so yeah was, yeah no it was bad um okay. <laughs> uh but that's it, good that's good for yeah.
1: that's good for all of you know everybody to hear because it happens it totally happens oh for sure yeah it is but it's just one of
0: those things i guess i like i, know, I was like ah, pff, whatever i've i've climbed 514 like clearly falling isn't an issue but it's one of those things I could push the back it's the same thing how boulders often try to say, Oh, we don't we don't need any sort of endurance or fitness. because uh, we boulder. Who needs that? Or but really it's kind of useful. It's just one of those things you try to push put you back to your mind to the back of your mind and pretend doesn't exist. Sure. Um So Yeah, and then the other time where it really stood out to me was watching youth climbers.
1: Mm, I was yeah.
0: watching a youth sport comp. And it just blew me away. Like,
1: man. Just no fear.
0: Yeah. It was awesome. Like, it was so cool to watch. Like, they just will throw for anything. I mean, off horrible feet. They look just as insecure as you can imagine. And they are just head down pressing on. Like, it's yeah. awesome. Yeah. Like, don't, no hesitation. Just full confidence. Uh, I'd be terrified to blame them. But <laughs> watching was yes. great. Yeah. No, it was just, it was, I was such a, Standout moment, even just the first time I saw it, first kid I saw climb like that, I was like, "Oh fuck, that's it!" Like that's, like I don't have that yet.
1: So, or you've lost that?
0: I don't know. I was always I was a boulderer forever, and then I was like terrified mm-hmm. of
1: sport, and then I think there's definitely something to be said for youth. You know, I I just went skateboarding yesterday at a little skate park with my friend Justin's son Nolly. Mm-hmm. who's who's my little dude and and when i got there <laughs> Nolly's like immediately trying to drop into the bowl you know he's I don't, he's like he's two and a half feet tall or something you know and he's he can't even stand on his board without being slightly out of balance but he's totally ready to drop into the bowl just giving her yeah and he he went for it like multiple times and, and slammed hard (laughs) multiple times. And when dropping in wasn't working, he was just ready to roll off the flat into the bowl, like just going toward the abyss with no fear whatsoever, (laughs) you know? And it scared me way more than it scared him. And, and that was pretty fun to see, you know? So I got to work with him a little bit and make some progress and that was super fun. But, I definitely think there's something to be said for youth. So you can't discount that part of it.
0: Yeah, but, but I But you're right. Yeah. There
1: is a we all we all have a process, you know, that I think we go through in getting comfortable. And I think I think the the real goal should be figure out your process and then try to find ways to speed that process up or shortcut that process. Or see what parts of the process take too long, or whatever. But I think once you know your process of getting comfortable with falling on a route, then you can start to change it. So
0: yeah, I mean that's well. One, I'm not going to use youth as an excuse. No, 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 and I wasn't saying that. No, for sure. Um, And that's the thing. Like, I can easily project a route, and you know, take all the bad falls and get it out of my head. But, man, it's such a process, and I don't know. I guess it, for the longest time, I tried to pretend it wasn't a thing. I I mean, it wasn't even I was pretending it. For a long time, I was just like, no, this isn't a thing. I'm not afraid of falling. And then it just really started dawning on me more and more recently. Uh, And I've got a trip to Smith Rocks coming up soon. And there's probably going to be some big falls there. I hear that. And it's not steep like the red. So,
1: (laughs) um, we'll see how that goes. All right. Well. We're, we're rooting for you. Right now, I'm out of my Roebling, vanilla, porter, espresso, whatever, beer, so we're going to take a break. Break, break, break. What's up, everybody? Chris here. Pardon the interruption. I'll keep this short and sweet. Since this podcast started taking off and we've been growing it, you guys have been asking how you can help out. I've got three ways for you. Number one, you can become a patron. That just means you give a monthly donation to the podcast, a dollar and up, and you get something in return. And you can check out what those rewards are at patreon.com slash podcast. Best of all, we'll keep it sponsor and commercial free for you. Number two, you can rate us and review us on iTunes. I know it's a pain in the ass to go to iTunes and do all that, but it really helps us out. At least that's what I'm told by the podcast powers that be. And number three, Perhaps the easiest way and the best way to help us out is to share us on your social medias. Anytime you see us post up a new podcast, please share it with your friends. Tag people who will really appreciate it or who need to hear the advice that we're giving. All right. Thank you, guys. And back to the show. Okay. We're back. I've switched from uh, vanilla Espresso Porter to a Rheingeist Truth IPA that my good friend Julie Wong brought over last night. Thanks, Julie.
0: I'm drinking a pumpkin spice nitro.
1: (laughs) Hashtag basic. In all fairness, I was the one excited about buying it, so I can't really laugh out loud at you on a podcast. But you just did. But I just did. (laughs) (laughs) So I believe it's uh, your turn with number three. It's true. My final one. And we sort of overlap on this one, but I kind of have different reasons. So strength training is my number one biggest thing I've changed my mind about in the last five years. And I've changed my mind about it on a bunch of levels. So... At first, I thought as well that you didn't necessarily need it because I was a technique climber. However, I already had a background in lifting weights and gymnastic strength training. So that's the reason I didn't need it because I was already considerably stronger than most other climbers at that point. So at the time, I may not have needed it. There was definitely a point at which I should have started strength training that passed me by many, many years ago. And I just kept saying, I don't need it, I don't need it, I don't need it, you know. So I've definitely switched back to now I definitely believe I need it.
0: Hmm.
1: Also, another thing I've changed my mind about as far as strength training goes is when I grew up, it was all about wrecking yourself in the gym like you know you you go until you puke and you know it was it was crossfit style before crossfit that's how it was kind of how it seemed you know it was the arnold era yeah arnold and had to get yoked (laughs) exactly (laughs) and uh and now i'm definitely not that way in fact if i had to guess i would guess that i air too much on the side of resting and not going hard enough i think that i do enough most of the time but if i air one way or the other it's on the side of not doing enough so do you feel like you're getting stronger right this moment i'm getting drunker
0: <laughs> and fatter considering how many burritos and eaten fatter in the last month. my
1: god Yeah, we've eaten a lot of burritos and a giant Chipotle burrito today. Yeah. And they double wrapped mine because it busted. So lots of extra calories. But yeah, fatter too. Yes, I am. I think that in the last year and a half to two years, I've gotten considerably stronger, considerably more stable. If you take that period of surgery and coming back from surgery out of the equation... But even after surgery, I'm stronger right now than I was in the several years prior to surgery. Hmm. So, so definitely, I think I am getting stronger. Huh. And I'm 41, so you know it's not it's not over for you. At uh, people have been telling me it's over for me from 28 on. You know, well, you're about to turn 30 shit's about to hit the fans just going to fucking explode in yeah. every direction. Yeah, and just then you wait. 35 was the same way. 40 was the same way. I climbed my hardest boulder problems and 514 after 40. And now people are like, "Well, you just wait till you're 45." You know, I'm like, whatever, you know. I'm just going to I'm going to train. I'm going to get stronger. I'm going to be smart about it. And it's, you know, it's not going to fall apart. So, nice. Yeah, strength training.
0: Yeah. And I mean, the thing that comes down to it, what we're really going for is the minimum effective dose. Right. So even if you feel like maybe you're doing not quite enough sometimes, I mean, if you're getting stronger, you're staying healthy. You're, I mean, you're getting healthier.
1: Yeah. And, I, you know, I've had that. I'm not sure if I'm doing enough feeling for, well, since I had surgery. So, you know, it's been a, about a year and a half, almost a year and a half now. So, it's not like I'm feeling like I'm not sure I've done enough and then I go back into the gym CrossFit style and wreck myself.
0: That's how it works. You know,
1: I just continue to think, oh, maybe I'm not doing enough, but I'm going to stick at this because I'm feeling good.
0: It's such a, such a hard line to walk. It really is. I mean, yeah, I can say without question, the strongest I've ever been, I had one year where, and this was, I mean, this was actually fairly recently, but... Everything was going great. It was awesome. I was recovering really well. I was training incredibly well. Every time I'd leave a session, I felt stronger than when I went in. Oh, it was awesome. It was great. Until the point I was like, you know what? This is working well. You know what would work better? More. <laughs> Explo- of course you did. Yeah. Shoulder, finger, elbow all just exploded. Mm-hmm. Just nothing. Yeah. That's one of the things like, oh, what I'm doing right now seems to be giving me the best games of my entire life i should probably fuck this up yeah yeah but it's so i mean it's so easy for me to laugh at it now and say how stupid i was but in the moment man when everything's going great and you know it seems like
1: it would almost be a shame not to keep upping the ante oh yeah i think that's super common and a hard thing to fight against yeah you know but tell me this did you after you were injured did you go even harder because no, I. Don't most donuts. people do. Most people are like, "Oh, now I really need to train hard." You know, so no, I got super sad panda.
0: <laughs>
1: I can see that. Actually. Yeah, it happened. <laughs> there were lots of donuts and ramen noodles. Hell yeah, donuts and ramen if they're picante chicken ramen noodles. Uh. are like- you are you talking like real ramen? No. no. Okay. Good that stuff's expensive and causes sad panda <laughs> yeah causes amazing happy panda while you're eating it and then sad panda when you realize you just spent $40 on a bowl of noodles yeah and half a hard boiled egg <laughs> yeah alright what's your uh, what's your big gun alright
0: uh, my number three is I've changed my mind about the quality of information that's out there on training
1: oh that's a good one
0: so I used mm. to be one of these guys who You're thinking outside of the box. I know I had read everything that there was about training for climbing just to an obnoxious degree. Any article that had ever been out, every book, seen every video, whatever it was,
1: I'd seen it. I digested it.
0: And I had this same idea that I think a lot of people have had or have now
1: that power dot com is the bomb.
0: Yeah, I found yeah. that it was just
1: <laughs> road to the slowly land.
0: <laughs> uh, but yeah so I, I was at this point i was like oh man there's there's no information out there about how to get stronger or how to get better you know this is all archaic stuff like we're using fucking pull-ups like what is this and it wasn't until fairly recently uh my window washing job uh paired with paul corsaro actually mm. i can even take this back a little further the impetus for all of this was listening to the pavel tatsulin Tim Ferriss. Tim Ferriss episode. Yeah, that was a good one. Yeah, it was the first Conrad. one I ever heard. And uh, actually, I can even tell. go a step further back, Rob Jensen shared it on Facebook. And uh-huh. I, was, I was just like, huh, this guy seems fairly serious. I'm going to go ahead and click on this. Listen to it. It's like a three-hour podcast. Yeah. Immediately started listening to Tim Ferriss and a ton of podcasts. Read two of Pavel's books right there on the spot. Anyone... And you were
1: like, all podcasts are the Bible. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, sorry. Go oh, ahead. yeah, I know. So,
0: I read Pavel's books. Anyone he mentioned, which was Dan John, uh, Jud Soto, Gray Cook, like, all these guys, Charlie Weingroff, I started reading their books, or I started looking them up in podcasts. Mm-hmm. It was about the time that I started window washing, and we were talking about this, because you were painting at the time. In the year 2015, I probably listened to, Upwards of 600 Mm. hours of podcasts. Oh, yeah, definitely. I'm in the same boat. Yeah, and it was almost all strength and conditioning or something Tim Ferriss or America's Test Kitchen because it's kind of awesome. Yeah,
1: Uh, which is why you've been the cook on this whole tour for the most part. Uh, And if you
0: want melty chocolate chips in your chocolate chip cookie, get a Ghirardelli bar, break it up, (laughs) put it in. It's going to melt better (laughs) than your Nestle chocolate chips. Don't cook with chips, y'all. And it's way better.
1: Yeah. Uh, Duh. All right. So <laughs> I digress. Especially if they're in your scratch cookies. Did you hear how I, I work that in there?
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. um, <laughs> I wish I knew their motto. But um, so I started coming across just this massive amount of information. And any time multiple people would reference the same person, like I'd hear six different people mention Dan John or Kelly Starrett or Gray Cook or Charlie Weingroff or Pavel, um, more recently, Quinn Hennick of Dark Side Strength mm-hmm. and Juggernaut Training. You know, all these different people. Uh, what's a guy who's start starting strength?
1: Oh, um... <laughs> I wish you hadn't asked me that question. Oh, me
0: on. We'll come back to it. He's got one of my favorite quotes of all time. But, uh... Oh, damn it. Okay, I'll keep talking. Actually, here's <laughs> my... Natasha
1: Kindle. always references him. Here's my Kindle. I can't think no, of his k-
0: name. You don't know how to use technology. So... <laughs> what do you mean mark (laughs) Ripito. mark that's all that's all i needed to say right right right. um yeah so i would hear about these people i would keep searching out all their information so i'd look up podcasts with them or i'd read their books all these different things i started realizing how much of a fucking idiot i was like all this time i was like oh there's no information on training it's like no like basic human movement all these things are just monumental amounts of information out there and principles not even just methods like oh do x amount of reps x amount of sets it's like no basic principles and all right, these things right right right. and it it made me realize just i know nothing like i went from this idea of like now i know all there is about training climbing because i've read it all to suddenly i literally mm. know nothing like it's just
1: ever expansive yeah no doubt uh, I, I pro i think i went through a, a similar shift and you could probably you could probably look back at the at the power company blog and see when I went through that shift because I just stopped writing. <laughs> just like, Fuck <laughs> they're gonna catch on to me. Yeah, like I don't know a fucking thing anymore. Yeah. You know, like I I feel like I'm right on top of what people know about training for rock climbing. But I feel like I'm you know, a million miles behind what people know about physical training.
0: Yeah, exactly. No, I mean and that's. I think the, what catches a lot of people off guard, and this was definitely me, was if it didn't have rock climbing in the title or somewhere in it, it, like it couldn't, it clearly couldn't apply to us. Yeah, yeah. It's like, yeah, I don't know. It's just, it absolutely, I don't know. It's wild. It's awesome because now I'm just trying to learn in every single direction. It's really cool.
1: Yeah, and I think it's, I think it's a really exciting time to have. You know, to have made that shift uh, a year or two ago, or whatever, because now there are there are quite a few people in that vein. You know, following along that same path, like you know, Paul Corsaro mm-hmm. and Josh Rucci and Steve Bechtel and Charlie Manganello and Natasha Barnes, and you know, so there's a bunch of us out there who are who are following the strength training principles in these human movement principles um and, and and applying them to rock climbing and mm-hmm. i think that it's a really exciting time to be a part of that oh absolutely yeah
0: no it's so that's been one of my biggest things is uh yeah realizing how little i actually know which has been great i guess that's <clears throat> maybe been all three of these is realizing I know less than I thought I did, so that's
1: yeah, and you know, I think that's that's pretty cool. I've, I've talked to a lot of of big names on this podcast and people um,
0: podcast is kind of a big deal.
1: Uh, yeah, <laughs> I'm yeah, we're kind of a big deal here. <laughs> but I've, I've talked to a lot of people whose names I really admire and whose ideas I really respect. and and they all have the same, Idea when it comes to what they know, and that's that they barely know anything, you know. And I think that's that's the biggest takeaway that you can have from this, you know, things that I've changed my mind about in the last five years is that five years down the road there are going to be more things we've changed our minds about. Hopefully, yeah. If not, there's and, a problem. Yeah. If not, we've <laughs> stagnated. Like like some people in this industry have, let's be honest, you know, it's happened. And, and I don't think it's a good thing for the general climbing public. So, you know, hopefully we don't fall into that trap. And I don't think we will because we've got some, some great people around us who are, you know, who I don't think are going to fall in that trap themselves. So,
0: no, it's awesome to see. There's a lot of people out there who really want to continue learning and help people as much as possible. And that's rad. Like that's, Yeah. So bringing up Paul kind of to finish off the last thing, one of the Paul Corsaro Corsaro, thank you. Uh, I interned under him for a little while and then worked with him at, uh, strength and conditioning facility, but it was so cool to see. I mean, to me, he, he knew everything I wanted to know at the time when I first met him, I was just like, Oh man, this guy like has so much knowledge, but he endlessly is searching for more and trying to make himself better and improve himself. And just being able to see that and be like, oh, this is, like, this is what it is. Like, always improving yourself.
1: Yeah, and, uh, you know, I have a great analogy or a great, uh, you know, story about Paul that when I, when Paul and I were working on the Kettlebells for Climbers plan, which was largely Paul, you know, especially initially, it was all, I didn't know anything about kettlebells. I was, I wanted to learn from Paul. So, so Paul was writing this plan and then I, had started doing it, you know, just to get a feel for it and see what it was like, and then I started giving my input from a, a rock climber's point of view, from a climbing trainer's point of view, mm-hmm. and Paul was all ears. Like he never was like, "No, we have to do it this way." He was like, "Oh yeah, you know, tell me about that. Tell me about why you think that, you know." And I would explain things, and he would go, "Yeah, cool. Let's let's make these changes then," and And it's gone on like that since then, you know, when, when Paul has something, he wants to relate to climbing training because I've worked with a lot of rock climbers and he's worked with a lot of other athletes. He says, how do you think this is going to work for climbers? What, what problems do you see? Or, you know, what's your ideal situation for climbers? And then we work together on figuring it out. And I think that's super cool because Paul's got the degree, Paul's got far more knowledge than i do about strength and conditioning and but he's willing to listen yeah and i think that's pretty fucking amazing
0: no it's it's cool and it's so seeing guys like paul and other people who they look at what they know and they're like okay here's what i know but there's so much more that i don't know and being i mean there's so many times where i've talked with him i'm just like man that seems like Seems pretty ridiculous, like that kind of training, doesn't it? He's like, you know, I don't really have a well-informed opinion on it, yet. yeah, yeah, and stuff like that. And it's definitely brought me back a bit, and it's been great. So, seeing people like that's helped me a ton. Um, see, I'd say that's probably my biggest thing from the last five years is just realizing uh, I don't. There's so much more that I don't know.
1: Yeah, man, that's a damn good one. We should have just started with that one, and then we could have talked about that the whole time, but.
0: I had to have a good closer
1: yeah it's true you win boom you win all uh, right
0: oh wait hold on okay favorite mark ripeto quote um not that i have a whole bag of mark ripeto quotes yeah, i was
1: gonna say i hope you're not asking me for one because i don't um, have any quotes
0: now favorite one is uh a full-grown man weighs 200 pounds i'll let you interpret that however you'd like
1: <laughs> <laughs> all climbers should be offended right now all right be offended because we don't tweet, we scream like eagles.
0: This time, this time, this time, this time, this time, this time, this
1: time,